Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. Enjoy it. Here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas... You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clinton, alongside my two amazing co-hosts, Mason Rutch and Matt Ordazzo. Usually I do some crazy intros or something today, but yeah, I just want to talk some football, man. Like I, I spent the entire day cooped up in my house, hungover as hell. Didn't want to leave my damn couch. Like, and today I'm feeling energized. I had to speed rush a workout. I had to take two meetings, work a full shift, and I'm running on a Guinness and a half and a quarter pound of salmon. I'm feeling great. So <laughs> that being said, boys, how was your football weekend? Did you enjoy yourself as much as I did? It was a, it, it was a fun ride. Um a lot of things happened that I think everybody really expected to happen, which was Philly to beat uh, the Giants. I didn't think it was going to be a massacre. I just figured they were going to beat them. Um, and then, you you know, the always predictable, but like some people obviously just want to see it happen once, but the Dallas collapse. Um, and it's just everybody knows it's happening, but like some of us that like, like me personally, like I don't really have any issues with the Dallas Cowboys. My entire dad's family is. So I was like, oh, I could root for them. And then just to see the collapse, I'm like, oh, man, I knew it was coming. But I was, I was thinking maybe it was going to be next week. Um, and then you have the ones that were pretty just, you know, like I, I'm pretty sure majority of the world had the bills over the Bengals with everything going on. They thought they were going to do it and go all the way this year. And third year in a row, we're looking at the Bengals or I'm or the bills are on the outside looking in and the Joey Burrow is moving on. Yeah, I mean. I look at so like I'll we'll, we'll obviously do game by game prediction. We're not even going to do like a six pack review. I mean, what we can at least update it. Um, Mace, I, if I'm rec- you took an upset pick with Matt on the Cowboys, right? So I'm the only one who hit the last. Yes, game. sir. Took the yeah. Cowboys to win. Should have known. You know better. what's fucking annoying? I was a Greg Kittle touchdown away. Oh well, the Brock Purdy interception killed me too. I don't know why the fuck I thought he was going to throw a pick today. Uh, I was you a great kill touchdown, a Brock Purdy interception from two G's off a one point five, a one and a half dollar bet. I was so mad. I hit everything. The, um, the two I intercepted exactly what got me. The guy made a first touchdown score like tight end parlay. Oh my god! He, I was, he picked that all video the tight ends. Was amazing. Was, that was for football fans yeah, everywhere. That that is insane, man. Like five dollar wager turns to like seventy five k. It's 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 wild, and my, my favorite thing about like, all of it is that, as as a fellow gambler, you just love seeing other guys get them. I love seeing people hit these ridiculous parlays. You know what? They're one of us. The enemy is the sports books. They've always been the sports books. So you know what? Take it to them. Take their money. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, no, Easy I. Um, done. <laughs> all right, so I guess we'll we'll just cover the headlines quick. Unless Mace, you got any opening thoughts you want to run before I get into the headlines? 
Uh, sure. I'll go ahead. Um, I, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Um, I guess aside, the, the Cowboys kind of like meltdown was definitely funny, but, um, honestly the, the rest of the, the three other games, I was, I was definitely, I, I felt a little underwhelmed. So, um, could have been better, but you know what? Hey, dude, it's it's playoff football, and I'm sure this week's conference championships will live up to the hype. So, got that to look forward to. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I, you're kind of sounding a lot like uh, I was listening to PMT on the way. It's the only podcast that's out when I'm leaving for work at, five, at like 6.05 in the morning. Like, dude, I was expecting like a, a inch of ice in my driveway this morning. So I got up like a rocket. I'm like looking around everywhere because I went to bed so damn early because I was so hungover. I my hangover didn't clear until 7 p.m. Sunday night. <laughs> you know what broke it was a freaking was my signature a freezing cold shower. That's what broke my hangover. The old Nordic special jumped in, froze my ass off, woke and like ever like my I got my energy up. I was feeling better. But uh, Big Cat was saying the same thing. And, you know, I got to throw love to, like, pot, like one of the goats of sports podcasting, Big Cat. Like, you know, he he said it straight up. It was good football, but it wasn't, like, elite. Like, like conference, like the like wild card weekend was wild. This it was kind of a lot of, like, it was kind of anticlimactic, but not anticlimactic, right. if that makes sense. Definitely. Um, you know, just, you know, you look at the, the Eagles game. That was just right off the rip, sort of, you know, as expected. Um, Eagles were, you know, foot on the gas the entire time. Um, and then you have the Chiefs, Jags, and that looked like, you know, the Jags were hanging around and then Mahomes got hurt. And then it was like, all right, well, here's the here's the game for the taking, right? Um, and then, you know, obviously, like, at that point, he had gone to the locker room. So I think a lot of us were like, oh, shoot, man. I mean, you know, who who knows if this guy comes back? And so it seemed like the Jags, you know, were, were kind of in the mix there. And then Mahomes comes back and, and just kind of plays well enough for them to win the game. And then I, I feel like the Bengals-Bills game was, to me, that was the most underwhelming game of the weekend. I think we all, despite the weather – probably thought this was going to be a shootout, you know, maybe one of the best games of the year. And um, Buffalo just really never seemed, it never really felt like they could get the offense going. Mm-hmm. And it never felt like um, Allen could get it going. Diggs obviously didn't really do much in the game. Yeah. And it was, you know, I mean, the Bengals just couldn't be stopped, you know, in all facets of the game. So I'll get, I'll do our comedy skit. And then we'll uh, we'll get we'll just talk start talking about the games. So uh, yeah, let me get rocking and rolling here because I just you know I love talking in with the rock music in the background. By the way, I got a compliment at the bar the other night. One of the guys who listens to our show goes, "Dude, I love the music in the background. You guys do your show." I'm like, really? Like, dude, it makes it so much less monotonous. Like, All right, starting off in that heathen hellhole called Arrowhead, the Jacksonville Kittens. Literally came out of the gate trying to swing punches and roll ankles. And then Mahomes got hurt, and they're like, oh shit, we actually hurt him. We gotta stop now. I don't know what was more disappointing. The lack of balls of, of the Jaguars play calling or the fact that that game ended with the under. I was so disappointed with the lack of scoring and the amount of punts. It was ridiculous. At least the, we knew the Texas, the uh, 49ers and Cowboys got two great defenses. But Trevor Lawrence versus Patrick Mahomes is something a fantasy guy dreams about, and that game was so underwhelming. It was almost as bad as Rings of Power. Next up, Giants and Burns. Okay, listen. Giants, this is no disrespect. You guys had a good season. Brian Dable is the coach of the future. I think Danny Dines even might be your quarterback in the future. I pray you guys keep Saquon for your own health. Here's the problem. New York media hyped you guys up all fucking week. Every source I saw, they were talking about the Eagles weren't ready, the Eagles weren't this. Alright, listen, there's a difference between a Vikings team with a bunch of aging veterans and a coach who's in his first year versus a team with a bunch of early second contract and late first contract guys who are hungry and ringless with a couple, you know, a couple of uh, wily veterans who are on the last championship team 
and a quarterback who wants to murder everyone. Listen, the Eagles walked out there and said, hey, little brother, and just kicked him through the door. It was ugly from the start. Hassan Reddick was unblockable. It looked like Homelander beating up a bunch of protesters in the books. <laughs> All righty. Next up, we're going to Sunday. Bengals and Bills. And this game sucked. Listen, congratulations, Bengals. Your murder tour continues. It looked like an actual Buffalo versus a Bengal Tiger. This was disgusting. It's a little wrong. The, the Bills, I don't know what was worse. Stephon Diggs running out of the locker room or the fact that in the snow, a team from Buffalo played like shit. All right, last up, Niners and Cowboys. Okay, listen, I would love to tell you that the Niners dominated this game and they won. No, the Cowboys had more than 50,000 opportunities to beat the Niners. The Niners did not play a great game and they got away with an easy win because one, Dak is the Black Kirk Cousins. I'm quoting Amari Cooper. That's not my original quote. Two, I swear to God, Jared Jones talking to Brett Maher was just the jinx of a lifetime. And three, I swear to God, if I was Kellen Moore, I'm running onto the field after that first interception and slapping Dak across the head. What the fuck was that half pump of a throw? Even Michael Gallup said, don't throw that shit. So that's my thoughts. All right, boys, let's talk. Who wants to go first? I figured that was just a fun way to start the conversation. My usual comedy skit. Apparently people love it. So. Well, we starting with the first game of the... Uh... We're starting right with Jacksonville, Casey. Um, you know, I, I'm a little surprised with the game. So I, I expected the Chiefs to win, so I'm not surprised that they won. But, you know, it's kind of like deja vu from a few playoff years ago when Dak, when um, when uh, Patrick Mahomes went down and they had to have Chad Henney come back in. Um, I was just, I think I was just more surprised that the defense didn't attack Mahomes as much as I thought they were after he was limping on his leg. I thought the Jaguars' offense would click realize this is their opportunity to take down the you know uh, probably Super Bowl favorite from you know Vegas odds for the for the Super Bowl with the, with the Chiefs so I'm very surprised they didn't attack um, early on with Mahomes being down especially when he's making those throws on his one leg but I guess at the end of the day I mean Andy Reid figured out a way to get it done Chad Henney was serviceable when they needed him and the Jaguars just didn't capitalize but I think there's a very bright future ahead for Doug Peterson and the boys from Duval um, I think they'll be just fine going forward. Um, I think they were probably the most improved team out of the core, you know, four from last year with like the Jet, the Jets, the Lions, the Texans, and the Jags. So credit to them, and you know, hopefully we see them back around that time again next year. Very true, Mason. What are you thinking about this game? Yeah. So quarter by quarter, we have it here. So seven to seven into the first. Halftime, 10 to 17, third quarter, 10 to 20, and then obviously the final, 20 to 27. Um, You know, I just want to bring back a thought that I had after week 17 where I, I kind of felt like the Jaguars were this team that was playing with, you know, low stress, um, not a whole lot of expectations. In fact, you know, winning the division, making the playoffs, that was, I think, for a lot of Jaguars fans, probably exceeding expectations for this season. So, you know, and then you fast forward to the playoff game versus the Chargers. They end up winning that one off a, you know, historic comeback where, you know, if they end up losing that game and getting blown out, like a lot of us, you know, kind of saw happening once the Chargers went up so big. You know, like I said, season exceeds expectations. Jags fans are probably happy at the growth um, of the team of specifically Lawrence and how well Peterson comes in and does in his first year. But then, you know, you look at this weekend's game and it kind of seemed like it all sort of caught up to them. You know, they really sort of like like the moment almost got too big for them. And like I kind of said earlier in the episode, um, once Mahomes went down, once the injury happened, that that's gotta be the moment where he capitalized and sort of realized that okay, this game is for the taking, even though that he you know, even though Mahomes came back, um, the dude's playing on one leg. And I texted you guys during the game. I'm like, you know, 
what is happening here? The defense wasn't sort of capitalizing on that moment, you know, blitzing enough, uh, bringing pressure, you know, pressuring Mahomes into throwing the ball because he obviously he couldn't run. He couldn't run as well as he normally would have. Um, and so, yeah, just, just very disappointing, I think, as a Jags fan. And we'll just have to see. I mean, I already know that Andy Reid and Mahomes, I think, both came out and said that, you know, Patrick's going to play next week. Um, at what percentage he will be, you know, only he and probably the team knows. I, you know, there's no way that's 100% or probably even like 75 because the, the ankle sprains, man, those linger. And I can't imagine, you know, he's feeling too comfortable today. So I think for the Bengals, you know, you got to be honestly licking your chops, man. Like th- this is a very good opportunity to get back to another Super Bowl against a team that's sort of limping into this game and their best player is not healthy. So in summary, just kind of felt like the Jags did not take advantage of a really nice opportunity here on Saturday. And, um, you know, they'll probably be thinking about this game the entire offseason, you know, because this was this is about as good of a chance as you are going to get, you know, for a while with this loaded AFC, right? Like, oh, yeah, no. So, my honest got opinion, I think a couple thoughts I had on the game. Um, first off, if any of those NFLs or red guys are chopping at the bit today, because Jacksonville is the second they caught, they, they caught the bit, they caught him in the trap, they got Mahomes limping. Then they let Chad Henney do a 98-yard drive. If I see a backup quarterback as a DC, I'm thinking, all right, we're going to press all-out blitz. They have two decent – they have a decent defense. Stein gets a bunch of scrubs. Do exactly what you did against Herbert. Get after them. Make him beat you. They could have easily swung that game, made it at least 13-7, to or uh, 17, whatever it was. And they could have taken advantage at halftime and made Mahomes beat them and play catch-up. And in the second half, I don't know what the... I'm looking at this game, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. I think somebody took Doug Balls away. Literally. Seriously. Like, I I don't know what that'll happen. That DC doesn't deserve to have a job today. And Doug's off in the play calling. It was like I was watching Kyle Shanahan for the Falcons all over again. I'm like, why are you running so many weird plays? And do not blame Jamal Agnew. It was disgusting in Kansas City. I had boots on the ground down there. My buddy Sawyer was there. His girlfriend, who's they're from the they're, they live in Missouri, they live in the Kansas City area, and they said it was disgusting weather. They literally were slipping and falling everywhere. It was so bad. So don't not blame Jamal Agnew. That that ball was probably slick as hell. That last Trevor Lawrence interception, though, I just sat there and shook my head. I'm like, you got it, man. So you know, listen, Jacksonville. It was yeah, Macy. You were right. It was a little too big for the moment, but. They easily could have pulled off the upset of the century here. They had the moment. They could have done it, and they fucked up. Even when Mahomes was back, they had a shot. Even before Mahomes got hurt, they were hanging in that game. Right. It just felt like the second he got hurt, the NFL was like, all right, Jacksonville, you're done. Also, refs, no holding calls on Kansas City? Really? Come on, guys. Like, these, like it was, like, I'm, yeah, I'm former offensive lineman, so I'm a little biased. I'm watching these guys outside shoulder pads long arm in these dudes. I'm like, are you serious? Like, how's that on hold? They once time called Landon Dickerson for less and he was a touchdown. I don't know. I'm going to compare going ranting. All right, Matt, you you didn't go yet. Go. I started it off. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is what happens, guys. <laughs> Just a hey, one more thought, Jared. You know, I, I, I completely agree with your point on Peterson. Um, You know, it, it was literally almost like it's like, dude, this is the golden opportunity, man. Like, this is what, like, this is all you can ask for. Their best player is probably about 50% right now. His ankle probably looks like a baseball. You know, take advantage of the opportunity that you have at hand and, and go out and win the game. Like, you know, and I just felt like, you know, a lot, you know, just the, the whole team, man, has to be thinking about this result. And, you know, it's like, man, dude, it really feels like the Jags left a lot on the table. That's that's kind of my honest opinion is, you know, you did not take advantage of the 
golden opportunity that you were gifted from God. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's funny enough, like, I mean, this game was only finished as a seven-point loss. You know, and they looked horrible. Like, Lawrence, two turnovers, and then Agnew with the fumble. Um, also, Agnew almost busted that touchdown, man. He's probably kicking himself. It's... So, yeah, I mean, just a, just a killer, right? Like, I mean, as I kind of said, like, if you're a Jags fan, man, you got to be scratching your head going to work this morning and just saying, man, dude, like, total missed opportunity. Total missed opportunity. Hey, you know, the thing is, I think Jacksonville will, will – they're, they're a well-coached team with a good base. They will be back. And they'll I improve think in the offseason. Oh, God, Jackson, I think Jacksonville might have a 12-1 season next year because that team is – Dangerous. If they They're go out Calvin up Ridley. Sure. They get Calvin Ridley next year. Maybe they go out and get a corner. Maybe they go get like let's say the Eagles let Bradbury walk. Go get Bradbury to pair hit pair him with Tyson Campbell and Rashawn Jenkins. Oh god, that secondary is terrifying. With a more mature Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen rushing the passer. That's a great and maybe go draft a linebacker to go with Devin Lloyd. Now you have a solid defense. Go with that offense. I, I think the Jags are on the right track. Jags fans, you should be very optimistic. It sucks, but you should be optimistic. All right. Um, let's kick it off. Giants birds. We can make this fast, guys. I really the only thing I say one. The New York me- the New York media, I gotta blame the Craig Cartons of the world, man. They were hyping this lineup. I heard every Giants fan talking about, oh, this is our, we're gonna get the dub, we're gonna get this win. And I'm like, all right. And and then all I hear is the Cat Williams meme in the back of my head. Shit, I've been talking shit. I was so humble and quiet all week, man. I'm still going to be. Listen, Giants fans, you guys have a lot to be optimistic about. And hey, Eagles, you guys handle business. Good job. That defensive line was just on a different level. Like Hassan Reddick, Josh, <laughs> Josh Sweat at full health. Freaking uh, Brandon Graham. Even the Dominican Sioux, I saw breaking double teams. I'm like, oh, good Lord. Um, also, that's Eagle secondary. Lockdown. I think the only touchdown they got on us was a a third and goal end around to Matt Breida, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know what? Guys, good job. Jalen Hurts looked like the MVP again. Dallas Goddard made one of the best catches in the playoffs so far. And just, like, casually one hands the ball and rolls into the end zone. Also, Kenny Gainwell, who's about as skinny as Mason and about as short as Kevin, literally busted off of hundred yards against the Giants' daunting run defense. Got to show credit there. Yeah, I think every Eagles game that I watch, I become a just a much bigger fan of Nick Sirianni. I just love that guy's attitude yeah, and just how he carries himself. Like some people have whatever they want to say about it. it. I I, I kind of like his just. Co- he reminds me of like a, a young Rex Ryan, like when we had him. Just a very cocky person that's not afraid to just dish it out there, no matter how. Anybody's going to perceive it or anything like that, but I wouldn't say cocky. I would, say authentic. Yeah, I think he's he just being believe, him. He definitely I mean, believes com- himself. No, oh, yeah, he's confident. I think he's just being him, and he doesn't give a fuck if you like it or not. Pretty much. But, oh yeah, no, um, totally. I mean, at the end of the day, Eagles did what I think the majority of us thought they were going to do, which was just win the game. Didn't think they demolished them as much as they did. But I just, I just figured that they were going to beat them, but they, they destroyed them. Um, but. Giants fans, like I like we were talking about Jaguars fans, like you have every right to feel good and to be optimistic because this was a season where a lot of people, including us, like some, like I know I definitely did, but I had them going for under like seven wins, um, and they came out and they won nine. They got to the second round of the playoffs. Danny Dimes looks really good this year. Saquon Barkley looks like he's back to normal. So there's a lot of to be optimistic about. Um, it looks like they might have their quarterback for the future on their hands already. So they just build around them if you can maintain them and just resign them. But like realistically speaking, offensively, this team is just another offensive lineman and a big time wide receiver away from being some sort of serious contender. I mean, the defense is already solid, but if you can get some guys back and just spruce up that pass um, the defense, um, they're in great shape. So Giants future um, is on track to be very bright and the Eagles did like I said, did what they we everybody thought they were gonna do, which is win and just continue to be contenders. There you go. Uh Mace. Yeah, I'm gonna be completely honest. Um once this game was 14-0 and Jones threw that interception, I, I turned it off. Um so didn't really catch the majority of the route here. But um you know, Eagles looked like they were 
or sounded like they were just firing on on all cylinders and looked sharp. And, um, you know, they're definitely going to have their hands full next week with uh, the Niners and all those weapons and and whatever Shanahan's got for them. But, um, you know, a, a very sort of solid win for Philly at home. And, um, you know, on the Giants' end, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, if Kafka leaves. Um, I know he's interviewed with the Texans and a handful of other um, teams for head coaching roles. And and I think a lot of people around the Giants organization um, that know it well have definitely said that he's been as important as anyone in, in this offensive sort of resurrection and complete change and and they've looked really good on the offensive end and they've looked solid on the defensive end so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason particularly if they re-sign Saquon um that could be a big loss for them if he walks but um you know like you said Matt same thing as the as the Jags right you got to be very pleased with the outcome of the season um you went on the road and won a playoff game man you know, that's that's impressive against a good team, right? So definitely reason to be optimistic if you're a Giants fan. And we'll see just how far this Eagles team can go um, and, and whether or not they can they can win the whole thing. All right, moving on. We'll get uh, head on the Bengals-Bills. Uh, we already covered a lot of this already, but I'll just I'll, I'll explain my thoughts. Um I, I look at this game, man, in Buffalo's, and he, I, my mom asked me, she because uh, I, I I was stopping, I was talking to her, and she goes, I was rooting for Buffalo. What happened? I'm like, they're an incomplete team. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, losing Vaughn Miller killed them. They, 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 their playoff shot games were shot. They abandoned the run so early. They Like, I, I never even saw James Cook hit the field, and this is supposed to be their next running back. And they made no effort to go get a running back besides Naheem Hines. Josh Allen looked like he was shot. Like the dude was airmail and throws the digs all game. Like Gabe Davis was useless. I don't know, man. It's just like the Bills looked like they were not ready to play. And uh Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying about the Bills not being the complete team. I feel like I feel like they start the year off and during the regular season where they have that complete team on their hands and but they're I feel like they're just a team that doesn't supply themselves with people to step in in order to just kind of maintain that completion, if that makes any sense. Like, you know how you're, you're just as good as your backups at the end of the day. I just don't feel like sometimes they surround themselves with the greatest number twos behind each position in order to just to kind of maintain that momentum. Because you see guys like, you know, Hamlin goes down, uh, Von Miller goes down, and you see that defense starts to get a little weaker. Then you have, you lose Poyer, and you lose, you know, um, I think it was Jackson or Travis White. And um, now there's, you know, not everybody's kind of stepping up after them, but... I mean, Joe Burrow at the end of the day is just proving right now that he's able to close out some of these games. I mean, we've yet to see him clinch that Super Bowl win yet, but this is the, like we were saying in the chat the other day, this is the third year in a row Buffalo is on the outside looking in. You know, realistically, like we were talking about, they probably had about two years of serious Super Bowl contention kind of thing, but, you know, three years ago, Stephon Diggs watching the Chiefs celebrate, then same thing last year, and then this past year just getting eliminated in the divisional round, you know, and it's, you know, it's just getting down to those years where I'm like, when's it going to, when's it going to be the year Buffalo? Um, but shout out to Joe Burrow moving on to another AFC championship game. See if he can do another upset over Mahomes and see if he can, you know, take those wins into the uh, Super Bowl. There you go. Maze, anything, anything you want, anything left you got, or you uh, clear yourself out before? Uh, yeah, I got a couple thoughts. Um, definitely agree here with you, Matt. Uh, you, you got to give credit to Burrow, right? Came out um, right off the blocks. Bengals were, were looking good, man. Took a 14-point lead at the conclusion of the first quarter. And it just seemed like after that, you know, the Bills were just kind of like stunned. And they couldn't get the offense going. Um, you know, obviously we know this team lacks – any kind of presence in the run game, and we've seen that all year. Um, Josh Allen is both the starting quarterback and running back for the Buffalo Bills. And you can only, you know, there's a ceiling to that. You can only do so much when that is like your option. 
And so Alan, you know, I, I've talked about this all season long. Um, you know, the guy, I love him to death, but he makes some really, really questionable throws a lot. And, you know, thinks he can make these throws, I guess, and, and they end up being incompletions, being interceptions, whatever they might be. But um, Buffalo's got a lot of questions to answer this offseason. Obviously, you know, we can now sort of conclude that Gable was very important to this offense. And we're now seeing, like, the full repercussions of him leaving. Ten points in a home divisional game is, is now what you want from the team that is, you know, I think we would all agree probably the most explosive offense in, in the game right now. So, Bills have a lot of questions to answer this offseason, and um, you got to tip your cap to Joe Burrow and, and his performance yesterday. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, last, uh, final, final game. Oh, man, you want, wait, you went, yeah. I'll keep realizing we're going counterclockwise here. It's, I, I'm, tr- I'm actually impressed with myself that I actually, we're actually staying in order here. Um, Cowboys Niners. Uh, I'll get it started here. Listen, the Niners played okay. Rock Party made a couple big throws, but the Cowboys defense was giving them fits, guys. I, I like, listen, Dan Quinn earned himself a couple interviews with that game plan because they played great. There was a couple, like, maybe a couple bonehead coverage assignments, but besides that, like, Brock Purdy was off. You could tell Lawrence and Micah Parsons were in his head. They definitely gave Philly kind of a game plan for next week. I think, I guarantee uh, Jonathan Gannon was sitting there, like, twiddling and stuff, like, Ooh, I can send Hassan and Josh on the same side. Let's see if they can fucking deal with this. Um, they had to have the drive, and they got it. Purdy made good throws. Um, do I think he's going to get other throws like that next week? I don't know. I think the Eagles have a better set, uh, secondary than the Cowboys, so I think they, we might, it might be a different story. I'm not sure. Listen, this game is going to be a slugfest next weekend. I think the better game is going – I think watching fuck, who am I kidding? Both games. Like, last year, we all were, like, looking forward to AFC last year's NFC game between San Fran and L.A. It was kind of like, meh. No, I'm, I'm ready for both games. Like, I'm not leaving my couch Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go work out in the morning. I'm going to cook a shit ton of food and keep it, like, on a heat tray. I'm going to bring a cooler of beer upstairs, and I'm not leaving my fucking couch. There's going to be an imprint with me tattooed on it. Mm-hmm. But, so, on the, Cow- on the uh, Niners side, like, listen... The Cowboys give up points to tight ends. They've been doing it all year. And George Kittle was getting them in the seams. They, they were hitting them right there. Um, Brock Purdy was not throwing. It was like watching Alex Smith. There was not a lot of throws outside of 5, 10 yards outside the seams. <clears throat> uh, Eagles take notice. Um, and it looked like the Cowboys were playing with one hand. I, I don't know what the hell those play calling, the play calling was. There were a couple on offense. I don't know what was wrong with Kellen Moore. I know Dak Prescott's just, like, lost it this year. I, it's almost like the Monstars, like, her cousin stole uh, Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott's mojo. He played amazing for one playoff game. And then just absolutely, like, I don't know, man. Like, literally, um, I said to my buddy in the parking lot this, uh, yesterday at CBS, I said, listen, the best bet of the weekend, Dak Prescott plus two interceptions. Best bet. And he goes, really? I'm like, just watch. And he texted me yesterday. He goes, boy, my boy, you just won me a couple of bucks. I'm like, next time you're in town, you're buying me a fucking beer. But listen, like, I look at the Cowboys. It was a great season, guys. You're not a top-tier team right now. I don't know when you're going to be a top-tier team again. You guys are locking with a mid-tier quarterback, a over overpaid Mike Colbert hybrid in uh, Zeke Elliott. Your best running back's a free agent. Your best receiver is a uh, he's like an Alshon Jeffrey. Like he's, he's almost a one, but he's not a one. CD had a great season, but that's because he there was the best option there. Dalton Schultz, your other best pass catcher, is gonna walk. And besides Trayvon Diggs, I don't trust anybody in that damn secondary. So Dallas, you had a great season. 12 wins, playoff win. Mike McCarthy shouldn't get fired. I don't know, but Niners. See you next week.
Yeah, this game was very similar to um, when the Cowboys and the Buccaneers squared off week one of the playoffs. Um, just in, in the sense of the matchup where they both had very good defenses, both had very good offenses, um, you know, on paper and everything. And it's just going to come down to who was the better coach that day. And um, I think obviously that went to Kyle Shanahan this past weekend. Brock Purdy, like you said, Jared, he had a he had a good game. He didn't play bad. He didn't have any touchdowns, interceptions. He had 214 passing yards, but he did he did what he needed to do to win, and he beat a very very good defense without being flashy, without turning the ball over. Um, just did what he had to do. I mean, we saw some throws, just like when he was running across his body, just threw a big one. I think it was to Ayuk. Um, just seeing flashes of how good this kid could really be. And it's crazy to think, like, this is his seventh or eighth game, I believe, in the league. Like, he just, I think this is his seventh or eighth win in a row. Um, he's a seventh-round rookie. I mean, this is, we're not seeing a guy play, you know, this is not his third or fourth season in the league. This is his first half of the, his NFL career. He's, he's having the second half of the year and into the playoffs. He's winning games, and he's doing it very impressively. Um, the Cowboys, on the other hand, Dak Prescott throwing two interceptions. That defense is very good and can hold their own, and they kept it within one possession the entire game. But at the end of the day, Prescott is not a closer. I mean, I like the guy. I think he's very talented. I think he gets a lot of hate. But I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's better than a lot of you know some starters out in there right now. Listen, there's teams like the Jets that would take him in a heartbeat just because they, they don't have anybody. But he... I feel like he just gets a lot of hate. But then he has games like this where you understand why he gets the attention that he can get, especially when he is America's team's quarterback. But at the end of the day, I mean, I put a lot of it on the you know on the quarterback play, obviously in the coaching, the play calling. I don't know what Kelmore was doing. I don't know what that fourth and that fourth down play was at the end of the game. I don't know what kind of play that was supposed to be. But as soon as he completed that pass, which was a high pass, it probably should have been lower, dude got leveled. Um and just the collapse was just solidified. Um, but Cowboys are also a team that, listen, they're very good. I think they got a little overhyped. They're not as good as we. I think a lot of people thought they're going to be, but the future could be very bright. They got to make some moves. I would say just continue to just improve that secondary. Offense is solid. I mean, you look at it on paper. I mean, I mean, I think the best thing this team could do is to endorse Pollard and get rid of Zeke. And I think that offense would be a lot better. Just put some minor tweaks like that, some offensive line help. But other than that, man, just get that secondary right because that pass rush is there. You just need the interceptions at the end of the day. Oh, by the way, we tied this week with six. I tied. Four-way tie. Like, three-way tie. So, technically, Mason, we're both still in it. Matt's got a four-point lead on us both. So, anybody's not wondering, Matt and I um, have our jersey bet, but we figured Mason's been here for so long, he should be in on this. So... Basically, if Mason wins, he gets like a gift card for Nike or someplace else. I'll figure it out. Nike's easy because I can use the Apple Pay and it's in and out. I can email it to him. If Matt or I wins Jersey, for me, it's either Reddick or Jalen Hurts. Uh, if Matt wins, it's uh, Sauce. Mason, you don't. If it's a Jersey, if you want to throw in twenty bucks, great. If you don't want to because you're a broke college kid, I understand. I will eat that $110 like a man because I'm a fan. Uh. I'm also, um, to quote my fiance at times, I'm a cheap date. So if you find a sauce jersey on eBay for 75 bucks, I don't care. Whatever I, whatever you need to do. I keep gambling a little extra just to pay for that. I'm like, I just look at my <laughs> truck down payment that I'm going to start making soon. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mace, anything on, uh, anything on that word matters? Yeah, um, I kind of said it on Thursday's show. You know, Purdy had looked really sharp up until this game. And, you know, at some point, the the Purdy sort of like come back down to earth moment had to happen. And last night was that, was that moment. Um, the rest of the team was good enough and the Cowboys were just bad enough um, for the Niners to get away with it. But when you look at this line from Purdy, this is about what you would expect from a rookie quarterback, a third-string quarterback, um, to do. 19 for 29, 214 yards, no touchdowns, and no picks. A very, very, very run-of-the-mill, under-the-radar game from Purdy. And um, I, I agree with your point to 
the Eagles defense, which they'll face this Sunday, 100%, Jared. Um, you know, that, that Eagles defensive staff has to be looking at this Cowboys defensive performance from last night and, and has to be thinking, okay, this is what we have to do to keep this kid under control. Uh, on the Cowboys side, you know, Prescott played very well against the Buccaneers. I think it surprised all of us. Um, we probably expected him in that game to go for a couple picks, you know, turn the ball over at least once. He was turnover free, played nearly a flawless game, um, won in the game, got him into the next round. Um, and, and then he has, you know, a game like this last night. 23 for 37, 206, a TD, and two interceptions. Um, and one of them should have been a pick six. They were lucky that it was not a pick six. Um, in the, I believe it was the first quarter. And so, you know, knowing Cowboys fans being here in Oklahoma, um, you know, I think a lot of them were on the fence coming into this season thinking that Look, man, with, with these great quarterbacks, they all have signature moments. And you can kind of tell pretty early on, you know, th- this guy is good, right? We've seen it from Allen, Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, um, Jalen Hurts, guys like that. And we, we are still, you know, Prescott's going to be 30 this summer, and we're still waiting on that signature moment. <laughs> So um, I think I can speak for Yeah, <laughs> I guess true, true. You know, he won his second playoff game two weeks ago. Congrats to him. Um, but I, I think I can speak for Cowboys fans here and say that, you know, in all likelihood, the organization will probably be moving off him this offseason and, and trying to go, you know, get a guy like Lamar or, or Jimmy G or Derek Carr or even like a guy like Aaron Rodgers um, just because they th- this is like the last piece right they've got a good enough defense you know maybe they could use kind of like you said Jared maybe another one receiver or wide receiver sorry but I mean th- or this is a this- solid like number two like a Gabe Davis or a DJ Chark would be perfect right a, a guy to sort of allow CD Lamb to, to get a little bit more open. Yeah, you get don't have to worry touch. about guys like Michael Gallup or Noah Brown or, or guys like that. Or both. Like, you know what the honest comparison Michael Gallup is a poor man's Quez Watkins. Yes. Because Quez stays healthy and can actually catch a jump ball. If he's your number two receiver, man, you know, you better hope you've got a really, really good Tight end, running back coming. Right. And, and I think, you know, like you touched on as well, um, the, the future of Dalton Schultz and the Dallas Cowboys is definitely up in the air. Um, yeah. They didn't want to pay him last summer because they were, you know, sort of questionable about you know, how good is this guy? Can he stay healthy? This, that, the other. You know, how will he do now that Amari's gone and he's – Essentially, you know, we're looking for this guy to be the number two option after CD. And I think towards the end of the season, he definitely proved his worth. He obviously proved his worth uh, later in the season in games where they needed him to step up and, uh, you know, catch big passes and score touchdowns and and the whole thing. But, um, you know, I think if, if another team is willing to pay him, you know, he would probably absolutely be open to the idea of leaving the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, as we, as every single offseason, you know, there's always questions around the Dallas Cowboys just because they are who they are and, and they're so big and they have such a great following and, and fans. And, um, you know, they're just like this very dramatic, it's almost like they're fake. They're like this dramatic kind of like, like organization so um you know just to really like if you're a cowboys fan man you, you've just got to be gutted after this game and and just kind of got to be sitting there thinking what do we have to do to you know get in an nfc championship game man what do we have to do what what is holding us back and i think that answer is very clearly you got to go and get a quarterback who can win you games man 
because I think all three of us would agree that that Prescott single-handedly cost them this game last night. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's too out of the out of the realm of possibility for Jerry Jones to look at this last, you know, this last night's loss and just really, I mean, I don't know what's weird. Jerry Jones is an interesting guy. He has a like He's a very strong love. Davis, let's be honest. He he loves his guys, but he's like he's very loyal to Dak and Zeke, and we've seen the decline in Zeke since he's gotten paid, and we've seen how Dak continues to be a, a very good regular season quarterback, but chokes into the playoffs every single time they get in there. So I don't know if Jerry Jones will pull the trigger, but if I'm him, I'm I'm calling Houston, and I'm telling him, hey, Dak Prescott's available. What do we have to do for this number one overall pick? See if you can make it some sort of crazy deal happen. And, you know, I know it's a stretch, but go get, you know, Stroud or Bryce Young or whatever you want to get. Um, maybe take the chance on a different guy. Because, I mean, I, you, you already know what you've got in the back, which is going to be a guy that can get you 12 wins, but he's probably not going to get you past the divisional round. So, I mean, I'd be calling teams right now saying, like, hey, you got this, like, top 10 first round pick. Not saying that's, you know, straight up. Obviously not, not that's going to happen. But you're going to look at a team that has a pretty decent first round pick. You're going to want to draft the quarterback and just see what else you got to add on to that. Um, but that's what I would, you know, I'd explore the possibility of if I was the owner of the Cowboys. I, I think another interesting point, too, that I didn't touch on um, is the running back situation. Um, Pollard, obviously. Uh, broken fibula last night and they said that that typically is like a three month rehab and recovery so you know probably you know a full recovery right but um, about April during what would be mini camp and OTAs and shit oh, OTAs not mini camp right but um, you know you've got to you know Jerry Jones has to make the call look are we rolling with Zeke are we dealing Zeke what are we doing with Zeke um, you know, this Pollard guy was, was pretty darn good, you know, when Zeke was hurt. He seemed to carry the, you know, running back, the rushing game, you know, on his own, perfectly fine for a majority of the season. And even when Zeke came back, I think we would all agree that he was probably the better running back. He definitely was in terms of fantasy. Um, but, um, you know, as I kind of said, I mean, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but so many, so many questions revolving the Dallas Cowboys that um, we'll see transpire this offseason and into the summer and in the beginning of next fall. Because, I mean, we obviously know the standards that these fans and, and just the organization has as a whole um, for this team. And so, you know, for other teams that won't be named, you know, a lot of teams would be very happy with this outcome, right? You know, you win 12 games, you win a playoff game on the road, um, and, and you lose by one possession in the divisional round. But, um, you know, I think, again, I can speak for Cowboys fans and say that this this just isn't going to cut it, right? Um, you want to be playing for Super Bowls. You want to be playing for um, conference championships. You know, this – this is kind of the expectation of the Dallas Cowboys. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how things transpire this summer and next fall. Um, any other thoughts on the, uh, any other thoughts on the weekend before we wrap it up? I mean, we could talk about the dig situation, but basically the dude's going off because he's just pissed and Buffalo, Buffalo needs a makeover. Josh Allen needs a therapist. Stefan Diggs needs to chill. Gabe Davis needs to remember he's an NFL wide receiver, and Ken Dorsey needs to remember there's these things called running backs. Can they actually do work pretty well in the snow? You're exactly right, Jared. You are exactly right, my man. When it's when it's under 30 and it's you know snowing sideways, you know it's a pretty good call to to just kill clock and run the ball. Yeah. Also, you know it's like I, I get it. Josh Allen, six foot seven, twelve, whatever, and runs a four five, and is the size of a a fucking tank. A lineman, and he's yeah, and he just can run you know, like, like a deer, you know. Yeah, but you know, like let's not have all the deck shots he takes on a weekly basis. This dude probably sits in the ice bath and goes, just like extreme pain and suffering. But I'm sure he I, wakes up on Mondays, man, and he is just like, uh, you know, I, I, this is not the way I'm supposed to feel. 
as an NFL quarterback with with one of the better O lines in the game, right? Like he can't be waking up on Monday mornings and just being like, oh my gosh, my body's killing me. Like, oh yeah. All right. Well, a little. Sh- I told him. I told you boys gonna be a shorter episode today. Listen, it's kind of a quiet weekend besides football. All headlines are kind of holding themselves together. I mean, we can talk about Shannon Sharp and uh, what's his name from the fucking Grizzlies, but Dylan Brooks. But, like, let's be honest. The Grizzlies are, are biting off more than they can chew, and Uncle Shannon, he's got to protect his nephew, LeBron. So, it's nothing really out of the ordinary between these two clowns. I, I say that with all intensive insultiveness. I mean, I'm not the, I don't, like, hate Shannon. Shannon irritates me sometimes. But Dylan Brooks, I've hated him since the Timberwolves and Grizzlies series last year. So, um... Either way, uh, unless you guys got anything else, we'll roll out. Let you guys go out. I'll, I already broke my fast already. I'm just gonna have to do a 13 hour this week because <laughs> I'm pissed because I didn't realize. Oh, dummy! 10 hours from 9:30 a.m. is 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 7:30. I'm in the middle of doing a show, so whatever. Uh, I'll get better at this. It's been like five years since I've done intermittent fasting, so I'm struggling a little bit. But um. Hey, if not, ladies and gentlemen, this amazing show is brought to you by the amazing people at YeetsOfficial.com. Promo code CORNERBOOTS for 10% off. And CanaDip is the official sponsor of the CORNERBOOTS Dartboard and the six-pack review. You want amazing cans like that one? We even have one with caffeine. This thing kept me alive during the Thursday show. So, that being said, if you want all this great stuff, Bud points promo code. I'm a firm believer. Also, Bud's full sponsored by the amazing people at Manscaped. I think it's Bud Fantasy for 20% off. And he just dropped a beard trimmer. Mine's on my way. I'm ecstatic right now. I can probably throw my whole wall trimmer. $80 after the promo code. Go for it. It's amazing. I've seen the videos. As a man with facial hair, it, Matthew, you should invest in this too. You should help me as we want for what you want for Valentine's Day. Other than that, ladies and gents, we'll see you on Thursday for the Corner Booth pregame. Catch me live tomorrow on Craft Brew Sports. Um, should be a fun time talking NFC Championship game with Scott. And, uh, yeah, have a great week. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.